Welcome to the Wild Remedies Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Ancora, and I'm here to bring you captivating stories from some of the most fascinating people I've connected with on my own journey of physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wild Remedies Podcast. Woo, we got a good one for you today. If you are an avid listener of the podcast, this is going to be the second one that you listen to featuring Vika Bradford. I love her so much, you guys. She's so dope. We're talking about astrology again today. The first episode is a few episodes prior where we chatted about North Node and the power of learning about your North Node in astrology. And we talk about Pluto and some of these other darker, more karmic aspects to our chart. This conversation is all about finding purpose and power through your astrology chart. So we're going to talk about there's reflections of the recent Mars and retrograde transit that we just went through. We chat about that. Also, I kind of unpack because I've mentioned this in several episodes now where I'm like, oh my God, Vika was on and she recommended this really amazing book and I've been learning about my North Node and so much stuff is coming to light for me. We're going to unpack that a little bit more in this episode. So it's cool because I think it's really important for people to see how how all of, by, by understanding your chart and having these tools, the transformation that can occur in your life. Cause it's been really potent for me. It's really, really cool. I think this stuff is super important. So have a listen. We are also going to talk about, okay, I'm going to mess up this word. The Imam Coeli. <laughs> I'm saying it's wrong. I don't know. It's the IC. So the IC in the Midhaven aspects of the chart, that's kind of the theme that we go into today. Really, really interesting. So the energies of these aspects being where we started out in life and how we were feeling during those beginning years and where we're essentially meant to end up in life. So this is kind of like future thinking. For me, it was really interesting, the stuff that Vika reflected in my chart. I was like, whoa, okay, never really considered that. So really, really cool information. We also have this super random, like off topic conversation about spirit babies. Um, but it was something that was kind of coming through that I felt was important to discuss. So if you get to the end of the episode, you're going to hear more about that. Okay. Lots of amazing witchy woo woo, all of the fun stuff that I love to talk about on this podcast for you today. So enjoy and let's get into this episode number two with Vika Bradford. Hi, I'm Maddie. Let me tell you a quick story of how I'm supporting my PCOS with Wild Remedies Spice Chocolate Magic Latte. First of all, I'm a registered holistic nutritionist, so you know I'm investing in finding long-term, sustainable approaches to wellness. Living with PCOS, when things are feeling a little out of balance, it's common for me to wake up groggy, have blood sugar crashes throughout the day, or become totally overwhelmed by daily stressors. My morning coffee was causing blood sugar spikes, anxiety, and tummy trouble, so I swapped it for Wild Remedies Spiced Chocolate Magic Latte about a year ago, and believe me when I tell you that the change has been insane. Each sachet has three servings of Wild Siberian Chaga, a powerful antioxidant-rich adaptogenic mushroom that helps to fight inflammation and fatigue and regulate the immune system. It tastes like a creamy hot chocolate with just a hint of spice, and it keeps my stomach calm. Since swapping, I feel more clarity and calm throughout the day, and my morning magic latte helps to set clear intentions for the rest of my day. I save 15% on my monthly subscription at wildremedyshop.com and at $2.50 per serving, it's saving me a ton on Starbucks runs and supplement orders. Check out the links and promos in the show notes to get your own. Your adrenals will thank you. All right, everybody. We have Vika Bradford back for round two on the Wild Remedies podcast, and I'm so psyched to be talking to you again. Vika, how are you? Mm, so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm um, recovering from some full moon blues, but I'm doing good all around. I'm excited to be here. 
yeah, we were just chatting about that. It was an intense full moon. And it's funny, we had very different reactions. Like normally I am really <laughs> down for the count too during a full moon, but I was full of energy and which was strange too, because I started menstruating during the full moon. So you'd think that I would be flat on my back, but I had a ton of energy and it was very strange, but I feel like a lot of stuff is different in my life right now. Part of that has to do with you and astrology and all the things. So I'm really excited to chat about that today and let our listeners know what has been evolving. I'm really excited because they're going to be able to see sort of like uh, the the growth process of our first conversation, whatever podcast you've recorded in the middle there, and then like now. Totally. Yeah, it's so cool. So for anybody listening, like you've probably heard me mention on several episodes now, I keep saying like, oh, you know, Vika came on and she <laughs> recommended this book. It's called Astrology of the Soul, right? Uh, yeah, Astrology for the Soul. Yes. And we had talked about North Node stuff a little bit on that podcast. I started diving in, read that book and just had like, like so many mind blowing realizations. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. There's all of this information about like partnership and other people's money and business and teaching all of these life purpose type things that I had never really considered before. But when I considered them, I thought, huh, okay, there's something here. And when I accepted that and started looking for opportunities in my life for those things to appear, they just did, but in like a really big way that are, and that's now creating a lot of momentum in my life. And I'm like, whoa, because it's only been like a couple of, you know, how long has it been since we did that first episode? It's just been a few months. I think we had it in September. Okay. So it's been, what are we in right now? February, maybe? Yeah. God, what? It's almost six months. Oh, it is. It's okay. Like almost six months. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. And I also feel like it has something to do too. So we had a couple of months there where a bunch of planets were um, in retrograde. retrograde, right? So there was Mars and Mercury. Mercury happens all the time. What's What was the deal with Mars? So we had, mo- so to explain it plainly, like there is only a short period of time every year where all planets are direct and sometimes it never happens. Um, so right now we're in that period where everything is direct, but commonly it's, it's common to have almost all the planets direct at one time. So usually near like this, the fall winter, um, mm-hmm. except Venus and Mars. So Venus and Mars are rare in their retrograde because um, they Mars takes, I think it's every two years it retrogrades. And then Venus is like 1.5 or something like that. So they're the rarer planets to actually retrograde where Mercury retrogrades three times per year. All the other planets retrograde one time per year, almost six months for some of them. So we're commonly in retrogrades and like people don't even realize that like half the year we are in a retrograde and it's just normal. Mm-hmm. But we, with the Mars retrograde, that one is more, and I don't even want to say special, but yeah, we'll keep the word rare because it is the most uncommon retrograde. So it's like the least familiar feeling, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Because we're, like everyone acts like Mercury retrograde is the end of the, the world, but we are, we're so used to it. It happens three times per year. We're, we, we're used to it. Yeah. Um, so whereas Mars is like an energy we're not used to having go into retrograde. So when it does, like all our inertia and our action goes inward and suddenly we're like, I can't move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm powerless. I can't move forward. Uh, and if you don't understand why that's happening, it's a really big frustration energy and a really big like rage energy because you're just like, I can't move. Uh, so that's like that. why that energy like that energy force from, I want to say it was like the end of October till January, like 12th or something. Don't give me, I'm not giving exact dates guys right now, but somewhere around there where we felt that energy of like inward inertia with Mercury going into uh, retrograde in December. So we had this like a layered energy and they both were going on with like Mercury and energies too. So it was like even more uh, mental focused than usual. Um, and then, you know, moving through January, we started to feel the momentum. It was very slow, very <laughs> slow. It's only the last couple of weeks people have been able to like 
talk to me and be like, I can move. Like I'm out of it. Yeah, totally. Well, and I had this conversation with, um, was it somebody on the podcast? Oh, Jeff from uh, Sorensen from Breath Army. We were chatting about that too. We, we, we were saying how both of us felt very pregnant with possibilities and ideas and all of these things that we really, really wanted to birth and put out into the world. But because of these retrogrades, Mars in particular, it was like this feeling of stuckness, <laughs> which very much I totally resonated with, right? And you and I did a session, I think, during that time recently. I think we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, what I'm looking forward to in this podcast is what I want to talk about, which which is what I wish that I had brought up with you during that session. Cause I was just in such like this mind frame of stuckness and I was like, I don't even know really what to talk about. And so we started talking about some stuff, which was great. But then when I thought back to it, I was like, Oh, I really wish that we had actually talked about finding purpose and power, which Mm -hmm. is what I would love for today's theme to be about. Um, But yeah, it was just, you know, it was almost like a cloud. It was hard to see. And I knew that this energy was present. So for myself, I thought, okay, well, how do I go within during this time? Like when you, that that's the power that I find astrology can really provide for people. So in instances where you're feeling frustrated because nothing's really working, if you can kind of come to terms or find peace with that, and do planning, right? Uh, rest and relax a little bit during that period because no matter what you do, nothing's really going to move forward anyway. <laughs> Still frustrating as hell. Oh, yeah. If you can kind of just like chill out and be like, okay, you know, rather than banging my head against the wall, let's just maybe focus on enjoying the holidays, you know? not trying to launch that project right now or whatever that is, even though it might be something you really want to do, the ego wants to do, just allowing yourself to let, let things unfold. It can be helpful. Absolutely. And like when you're saying that, it makes me think about um, the, the correlation between how everything is cyclical, like the, the planets, our bodies, like especially as women, it's like, a tuning into the astrology and then B how uh, that is a mirror for t- tuning into your own body of right. Like slowing down where you're in certain points of your cycle is very similar to being able to slow down in certain parts of astrology. Like, okay, Mercury's in retrograde. So things are going to move differently or okay. Mars is in retrograde. So things are going to do like move differently. So when you know that and then compare it to being a woman, especially it's like, okay, you know, when you're about to get your period, you're not going to have as much energy, you're not going to have as much um, drive, you're not going to feel as inspired or energetic, like you're going to have to take a damn rest, right? Uh, So we can compare the two for a second. It's like knowing what cycle you're in based on the astrology is like knowing what's part of your cycle you're in as a woman, and you just have to respect it and honor it and maybe lay down. Or mm-hmm. maybe it's part of your cycle where you're like, yep, now I know I'm in this cycle and I can just rev forward. I got all the energy. It's so similar. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And literally when people are listening to the this podcast, you can refer to the one previously where we talk about women's cycles and Amazing. the importance <laughs> of resting and relaxing in certain phases and when to exercise and all of the things because we really are cyclical and yeah. we're not meant to push and produce at the same level every single day throughout the month. No, and it's the same with the the cosmos. Like all year, we can look at it and be like, okay, this is maybe this is going to be a rest cycle. And you might be pleasantly surprised that it's not. uh, But, you know, typically you can kind of guesstimate that, okay, that's going to be maybe a lower energy cycle there. Or, okay, maybe I'm going to experience some frustrations here, especially when it's hitting things in your chart, particularly too. Uh, You can kind of get a feel for how that cycle is going to show up. Mm, Yeah. And I think another important aspect is getting a chart reading done because some of these retrogrades and things that happen frequently can affect people differently. 
Oh, yeah. So when I when I had my chart read for the first time years ago, I was told that I had a lot of Venus in my chart. And so that Mercury retrogrades would actually affect me more <laughs> mm. than the regular person. And I thought, oh, okay. So she's like, really, really like make sure not to launch stuff during a retrograde. And I'm like, well, that's hard. See, I disagree with that full heartedly. I'm really? going to like, oh, yes, yes. Oh my God. Hey, um, tell me. So I don't know what she was seeing in your chart. I'm looking at her chart right now. I don't know what she was seeing. I'm not going to like say anything to that. You are a Libra rising. You do a Venus in your first house, but I have no correlation as to what I'm seeing right now in relationship between them. But I will say your Mercury is in Virgo. So like you have, and your son is in Virgo too. So there's a high Mercurian energy. You might vibe with Mercury retrograde better than other people. Oh. Um, just based on like, people who have, you know, a little bit more mercurial energy and you have a stacked third house too, that's more mercury. Um, you've got placements in your sixth house too, that's more mercury. So people who have high mercury signatures tend to feel mercury retrogrades heightened. Like it's like, we, we feel them a lot more on the same. Um, but also for people who have these signatures, it might actually be like a great time. And mercury retrogrades, super fun if we can move with the understanding of Oh my God, Mercury retrograde is its own podcast. But um, the thing about Mercury retrograde is that it's this five week situation, the shadows at the beginning and the end. And in the middle, it's like the first week is for clearing. Okay. It's like, get all the gunk out. We don't launch then. You can, but like, that's when you're like clearing the shit out. Middle week is like getting clear on what you just cleared out. Okay, what did you just clear out and what are you left with and what are you like kind of um, learning about? And then that last week of Mercury retrograde in the three week without the shadows is manifestation period. So sure, launch, sure, create like um, because that's the period when you like create a gestation phase and plant seeds. So why not? Um, so and some people that's going to not feel right because they're going to sit here right now and be like, no, Mercury retrograde is like a nightmare for me. I run so many courses during Mercury retrograde. It's crazy. Okay. Always, always. And, you know, I might have one or two tech issues where we'll all just laugh it off because we're in the <laughs> astrology world. But I like it just happens to be that almost all my courses are either launched or ran in Mercury retrograde. And it's totally okay. Cool. Totally okay. <laughs> okay. I love that. So there's nuance there and it's not like, totally. well, and there's also a cycle that happens through the retrograde too, that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. That's like, that's a whole thing, a whole, a whole masterclass in itself. Um, <laughs> I do have like a workshop that whenever a, merch, a rec retrograde comes up, I will toss out that free masterclass uh, mm -hmm. because it is such a powerful thing to know that there is like a, uh, there's a plan. Mercury has a plan. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually, if you think about it, anyone who knows the cycle of the moon, you know, going from new to waxing to full to waning to um, balsamic and new again, Mercury and every planet is doing the exact same thing. And the retrograde is the moment when it's in its like death phase. So it's like the dark of the moon is like the retrograde. So it's, it's dying. We go inward, we shed, we release. Um, and then when it goes out of retrograde, that's it in its new moon phase of every planet. So Mercury, when it goes direct is new in that moment. So we plant seeds and we like get everything ready for our next cycle. Got it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That is really good to know. <laughs> I hope it helps everyone listening. <laughs> I mean, I have definitely avoided signing contracts and like doing some of those whatever auspicious things during those times. But yeah, that totally. it's more better. like read the fine print. Um, yeah. Don't get into new contracts in those moments if you can mm -hmm. avoid them. But if it's something that's been gestating, sign them. If it's like your house has been in like the works for months and those contracts happen on Mercury retrograde, it's confirmation. It's actually confirmation that it's good. Um, or like if you've been manifesting a dream and it happens on Mercury retrograde and the, the person's like, here's the contract, mm -hmm. that's the gestation. That's the confirmation. That's okay. Um, yeah. Read the fine print. Yeah. Double check everything. Like triple check everything. Mercury is a trickster, but like those are actually confirmation moments in Mercury retrograde that everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And I had that feedback before too, about if something had been happening prior, then it's still okay to follow through with it. If something comes up during that period. 
So I was aware of that. Yeah. Um, It's just like, don't make like jump decisions if you're retrograde, right? Like that's like the whole bang thing is like, don't cut your bangs because that's a, that's a whim. (laughs) Don't do things on a whim. Right. It's like, Oh, I'm in mercury retrograde and I'm going to go and chop my hair into like the weirdest haircut. (laughs) That's a whim. But if it's like mercury retrograde and you've been like, I've been thinking about bangs for eight years and I'm going to go get bangs. Okay. All right. Okay. That's such a good analogy. (laughs) I love that. Amazing. Okay. I want to circle back quickly because I sort of just glazed over this North Node stuff and how amazing it's been and transformative in my life. Let's just touch on that a little bit for maybe somebody that's diving into this podcast for the first time and hasn't listened to the first one. I'm going to recommend for everybody who didn't listen to our first episode together. It's a few back. I can't remember the episode, the one about, I don't know. You guys just scroll through. You'll see it. (laughs) You'll see it. Um, But yeah, let's just talk about why that's so potent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the North node is like what I call a shining star or like your North star. So it's one of your destiny points. And when you're moving toward your North node, you're, you're typically, I'm not going to say always, but you're typically in alignment with, you know, why you incarnate it. It's like, this is a very specific point. And when you came down to earth, came from the ether, wherever we came from, it's a very specific, uh, pathway or journey that you intended to make in this life. And when you're on it, you're like, yep, doors are opening, everything's flowing. Yes, you're going to have hard times for human, you have a million other trances happening at the same time. Uh, But it's typically like it's it's your yes path of like, this is your soul alignment versus um, the south node, which is the opposite point, which is more mastery that you're bringing in and something you've done many, many lives. And you are kind of taking it's like, think about like, you've learned something for a millennia, it's like, you're not necessarily going that way anymore, but you're taking all the mastery with you. Uh, so we want to know that there are two points, like two polarities to this of the mastery we're bringing in south node and that destiny point we're moving toward north node. Okay, amazing. And you guys like there's so much information here, like I can't even explain accurately how much value this has brought my life. Like as an example, one of the things, so there's two places where we look for the North node, right? So like there's the house and there's in the sign, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And each one of those had different information for me in the book. Um, and all of it was amazing. Some of it was like, you're meant to teach and then what I identified the most with or thought was the most interesting was the Scorpio aspect for me. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that was the eighth oh. house. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely not an astrologer. That's okay. Um, but this is where all of these themes of partnership were coming up for me. And it was kind of illuminating a path in business and even in just my personal life that I had not really considered before. And a lot of it had to do with partnerships. And I've struggled with that in the past, especially in business, mostly because I wasn't doing due diligence with the people that I was bringing in to the Mm -hmm. business. Yeah. When I (laughs) read all of the advice and all of the things in the book, like it literally said, like your path is to have partnership in business, in life, and all of these things, but <laughs> do your diligence. <laughs> yeah, careful with the fine print. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Because I was very closed off to the thought of partnerships. But when I read this, I was like, okay, no, it just, it almost like switched a light on for me. And I was like, of course, partnerships, like way more partnerships, all the partnerships. So then I started structuring my business in a totally different way and energetically just open things up in a way that has just brought so much new energy in life into my life and business. Almost, I I mean, I don't want to say overnight because it's been a few months, but it's something that I've been kind of thinking about and 
once we got through that Mars retrograde, because that was a couple of months, right, where everything was stuck and I was feeling a lot of frustration and I'm usually quite quick at manifesting things. So I was like frustrated and why, why aren't some of these things showing up that I'm hoping to bring in? And as soon, as soon as we went through that portal, it was just like, boom, right now. And like big, 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 powerful, transformative things where, I mean, I, I said this earlier before we jumped on, but I feel like I've just recently walked through some sort of portal or jumped a timeline or something. And it's like, I went from one place to another and I feel like my life is totally different. It's so strange. I've never experienced something like this before. So it's well, I love it. pretty powerful shit, you guys. Like, And I knew this was coming in, in a sense. Like, I, I knew there were really potent things that were supposed to trans- transpire in my life during this time period. But I didn't think it was going to be like this cool and this mm-hmm. big. And you were frustrated waiting for them. Oh, man, I was ready to <laughs> You were so frustrated. I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm like, they're not coming. (laughs) It's all a lie. (laughs) Bullshit. Why don't I? It's crazy because, you guys, it's so funny. I feel like I've built this entire bit, like Wild Remedies, I've built this entire business based on faith. Mm -hmm. I have just been following the signs, right? Like, I, I was brought through this whole process of, illness and illumination through, you know, epiphanies with health and wellness and working on myself in all of these different ways. And then had all of these really incredible experiences, spiritual experiences that kind of drop these breadcrumbs on this path that I've been walking for seven years now. Like it's been a really long, long journey for me. There's no overnight success. There's none of those things. It's been hard. But I just had so much faith. <laughs> like, who builds businesses off of faith? Like, it's kind I of, <laughs> right? I don't I know. Like, and, and I think it's so incredible and a really beautiful feminine way of doing business that can be really potent, especially when you have witches in your back pocket that are fucking reading your astrology chart and talking to your spirit guides and all the shit. Like I knew four or five years ago that Wild Remedies can be this incredible success and all of these things because it was prophesied. I know what's Mm -hmm. coming, but I didn't know how long it was going to take. I didn't realize that it was going to be such a grind, but it is. I mean, there's no such thing as overnight successes. But it really was a test in faith. And so you can have like these periods of stickiness or, you know, um, I think sometimes too, if you're on a path that requires a lot of strength, you're going to be tested along the way, Mm -hmm. right? And so to build something big and powerful and something that's going to make a lot of impact, you have to be ready for that. So you have to go through the initiations, which fucking sucks at the time. Not going to lie. It does. It sucks so bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you want to burn shit to the ground, but like you just keep following that, that North star or whatever it is that like the breadcrumbs, and somehow it all keeps working out. Yes. Somehow. Well, the energy feels fresh and I am hopeful again and just full of creativity and it feels so great. And I really appreciate you for supporting me during this Always. process. Yeah. Mm, and I love it too. Cause like peeking at your chart here, um, you feeling particularly that Mars retrograde, like it stationed right when it, when it retrograded, it was going through your ninth house, going back, back, back. And it's stationed on your Chiron. I believe it's stationed at eight degrees and your Chiron's eight degrees Gemini. So like that, it's like it would have gone over the wound and you may not even have noticed because like, you know, it started to slow down. Maybe you didn't even notice. And then it like, you were in the stickiness being like, oh, I can't move. I'm so frustrated. Da, 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 and then like landed on your wound, like on your Chiron being like, hi, like revisit the wound and then move forward, like launch pad forward. So it's cool to see like the impact it had on you um, based on your placement. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So basically it was extra, extra fun for me. <laughs> it was extra fun. It was extra fun me, for me too. My Mars is at six degrees, Gemini. So like extra fun for me too. I was actually, it was a pleasure to experience that retrograde because as a Gemini Mars, I am very, um, okay. So Mars is like fast. Okay. It's moving fast. It's quick. It's agitated. It's like, let's do this. It's like this fury energy. And when you put it in Gemini, oh my God, it's like crack cocaine. Like the nervous system is just wild. Nervous system never comes down. Um, you're popping around from like one thing to the next. One of my friends said, Gemini's are like tasting the buffet of life. And I was like, that's my Mars. Just like tasting the buffet of life. I have like 54 books right now. I want to read. I'm reading all of them somehow at once. I've got like 9,000 tabs open. So when Mars went into retrograde in Gemini, I was like, Ooh, like my everything slowed down. Okay. And I wasn't angry. And I like, okay, so my Mars is like, it's in the eighth or the ninth house. So like, I, I can be in these like fits of rage or just like a righteous bitch. And so the <laughs> two of them, she just went inward and she was like, we're going to be quiet for a second. And I afterwards, when it went back in, like it went direct, I was like, oh, the raging bitch is back. So I actually had such a joy being slowed down for once. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. Like it plays out differently for all of us. I was like, I'm just going to lay back. Or <laughs> <laughs> everyone else was like, I need to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh my God. That's so funny. Well, I'm glad you got a bit of a rest. I did. It was great. Now yeah. mine's going to progress into a, um, my natal Mars is going to progress into retrograde in a couple of years. And I was actually terrified for it. I was like, Oh no, I'm going to have no momentum. We have no inertia. Now I'm like, maybe I'll just stop being so angry. Oh, interesting. Now I'm pumped. Yeah. Take it. Nice and chill. I love that. Like these things are not the end of the world. We just Mm -hmm. work with them in our own way. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And these things are going to, I mean, again, we're going to go through this energy in two years, right? Yeah. Yeah, There'll be another one. It won't be in Gemini. It'll feel completely different. I don't even know what the next one will be, but um, it'll feel completely different, but we'll have some sort of that inertia slowed down where once again, we're like, I can't move. Mm -hmm. And for some of us, that will be a blessing. And then for some of us, it'll be really frustrating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Okay. Now, I want to get back into the theme. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Right? So let's talk about finding purpose and power through our chart. So for purpose, like, do you generally, like, go straight to North Node stuff? Or is there other things that you look at? There's a few different things that I look at for destiny points. North Node's definitely one of them. I also look at the sun as a destiny point or like a life school. The rising is another life school. And um, anywhere you have a stellium. So that means like in some theories, it's three or more planets. Some people say it's four or more planets, including aspects. So like your rising, um, your midheaven, there's a place called the IC and there's one called the descendant. So including those, you, you, you would have a stellium, which means you like basically have a cluster of planets in one sign. Um, and that is like a potent life focus, let's say. So if you have like, um, say like me, I came in with like a crap ton in Leo, including asteroids. You just, it, my Leo house is just oh, like, asteroids? It's just, uh, yeah, asteroids is a whole other level. There's like, I don't know, thousands and thousands of, I think there's like 200,000 asteroids. So like this can get real complex real fast, but uh, my Leo house is like, it's a party. So Mm -hmm. when you see something like that, you go, okay, this person was very intentional about coming in with a certain energy force. Like, so I think uh, I see that as a destiny point as well. It's like, why did you come in with so much Leo, right? You you clearly had a a choice on that one. Um, So yeah, the sun, the North node, the rising, a stellium or like a cluster. Um, anything else I would say here? Those are the the ones I would say for purpose I would look at. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and the midheaven, the midheaven as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. So there's like several ways we can play with that one, depending on like the type of purpose we're looking at. All of them have a different flavor. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like in my chart? <laughs> yeah. So for you, you don't have many, you have one stellium. Okay. Which is in, and this is without asteroids. That would bring a whole different layer to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one stellium is in Sagittarius. You have your South node, your Uranus, your Mars, and your Neptune. 
Um, so like very intentional Sagittarian energies. If I was to put your, your chart into whole signs, that would put it, I'm just actually going to do that right now just to see which house that shifts it into bear with me listeners. <laughs> okay. Um, so that puts that cluster into your third house. Okay. So like we know there's a focus again, Gemini. So we see these repeated mm-hmm. signatures, your North node, Gemini, your cluster being in the third house Gemini, you have Mercury, Sun, Mercury, Mercury. So we've got we've got some Mercury going on here, right? Or we see confirmation, confirmation. Um, so then you're like your sun is in Virgo. So this means like you came here to like if you think of the sun for a second, the sun is to become. Like we're becoming something. Mm. Um, it's life force, it's fuel, it's um oh, it's really about learning and energy. We get I saw a beautiful post from my mentor, my first mentor actually today that was saying, um, and I got to figure out where she was reading this, but up until 150 years ago, if you talk to someone and said like, what's your, your sign, they would respond with their moon sign, not their sun sign and sun signs. Yeah. They only became popularized sometime in the 1900s where someone was writing for like a the queen or something and Mm -hmm. began doing horoscopes based on the sun sign, but it actually makes absolutely no sense to do it that way. So, um, so your sun sign is like, you are becoming this, you're learning to be it. You don't come in naturally feeling that way, unless you have that cluster, or, you know, a lot of that energy in your chart, you might feel a little bit more natural, like you have a bunch of mercurial things in your chart. So you might feel more naturally Virgo than someone who didn't, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're becoming that energy. The rising, similarly, you're becoming it, you're learning it. It's like, um, it's like your crash course here on earth is that, and that's part of your destiny, right? Like you didn't just come to earth as a Libra rising for no reason. You came because you're kind of studying Libra traits here on earth, which is, as you mentioned earlier, relationships, right? So mm-hmm. again, a common thread come through. Mm-hmm. Um, your mid heaven is cancer. So like, that's your destiny point that we're thinking about your career, your status, your, um, your, I like to call it your personal legacy, like what you're going to leave behind when you, you know, ascend or move off this plane. So being in cancer, like that energy for you, is going to be nourishing, it's going to be nurturing, it's going to be caring, um, intuitive, all these cancerian traits is going to be mothering. It's going to be like all about like, Oh, just this mothering, caring nature of supporting people and nourishing people, which is like, I always think about food when I think about cancer, which is mm-hmm. also very Taurus signature, but like the fact that you're even doing such a nourishing thing with your, your legacy here. Right. And it's intuitive mm-hmm. and it's all these moon energies too. Right. That's so interesting because that's something that I haven't really considered. Like I don't see myself or my personality as someone that is very mothering or nurturing. I don't know, like maybe some people see me differently, but the way that I see myself is like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm a little harsh. (laughs) Mm. It'd be interesting. It can just be my lens and like maybe that is where I'm moving towards in life. I don't know. Well, like it's interesting too, because if you start to ask people, they may see you differently. The midheaven people often see us as our midheaven. Um, whereas there is a point exactly below your midheaven called your imam koali or your IC, which is like your root system. Um, and it is a very deeply subconscious version of you. Mm-hmm. And that is in Cancer, or sorry, that's in Capricorn. So that is the more harsh, cold oh, version, right? And so when we tap into our IC, that's one of my favorite points in the whole chart. Um, and we realize that this is like a very, very deep, repeated past life signature, ancestry, all this stuff. When we see it, like mine's in Aquarius. When I tapped into it, I was like, holy shit, this is me, like to a freaking T. Yeah this Aquarian signature. And for you, that Capricorn is like everything you just described. But when you're like, I don't see me like that. It's like, you are seeing yourself more as your root system than your, you know, mid heaven, which we're climbing to the mid heaven, right? We're moving toward it. We're not naturally, unless there are placements there, which you don't have any, there's no natural affinity to be it. It's just that that's the mountain you climb. 
That's interesting. And that's a really powerful thing, I think, to work with and to understand. Because from, okay, so an example for me and what I'm working with right now, as as more relationships come into my life, okay, so I've had a lot of isolation in my life previously. And, you know, just focused on my own thing, lone wolf in a lot of aspects. That's starting to change. I'm seeing the relationship stuff starting to come in. And I want to be good at relationships, but it's not something that is supernatural for me. Like I can see, I can see room for improvement, right? Especially when I have been the lone wolf for a while. And so I can be hypercritical, especially if I'm thinking of myself or observing myself in a certain way and kind of like second guessing like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that or, you know, maybe I need to be a little bit more sensitive in this way because I can be very direct or kind of like no bullshit in a lot of senses. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So that's really interesting that that's something that can be identified and worked upon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, and that's really the basis of everything I do is like figuring out these signatures and then do we need to nourish them more? Like when you're talking about your not fully identifying with that midheaven in cancer, okay, that's, that's something we need to nourish, right? Mm-hmm. Or if we're over identifying with something like being too stuck in, uh, say a Capricorn signature is like, okay, now we definitely didn't need to nourish the cancer because that's the opposing energy. It's medicine for the Capricorn, right? Or does the Capricorn need something else to soothe it? So when you see, for instance, like someone like me with a really, really big Leo signature and all my Leo placements are very karmic. They're very um, ingrained. It's like, it's my moon, it's my South node. It's like my Jupiter. So it makes it all bigger. And then my, my mid heaven. And when you look at all of that, if I was to open my own chart, I'd be like, okay, okay. Because that, that soul with a lot of Leo energy, when it's overnourished, it's like that, that's going to be the temper tantrum person. That's going to be the person who is the freaking drama. Like I always describe myself as the person who like, I was the Disney princess flailing myself on the bed, like Mm -hmm. crying and in like a fit, right? That's so Leo. And when I figured it all out, I was like, for God's sakes, like I'm so deeply ingrained in my Leo right now. And she is just having a freaking temper tantrum. So then I look to my chart and I see, I have a huge Aquarian signature too, but neither of them were nourished properly. Neither of them were were activated or acting properly. So I had to medicate both of them. I had to medicate them with each other. And then I had to pull from other things too, to be like, okay, Leo, you need to freaking calm down. Aquarius, you also need to calm down. And I had to like pull into other parts of my chart to be like, okay, how, how do I soothe this? Mm-hmm. Well, what are some, like, what, what did you do? What are some tips? <laughs> like, okay. So like first people need to have a chart reading to like figure 100%. out what's going on. Right. Yeah. But like, yeah. What other resources and like, cause this, this takes like a shit ton of self-awareness. Like this is the ultimate personal growth y'all. Cause like you can buy all the books and all the shit, but like until you know these aspects of yourself and then know these aspects of other people too. Like mm-hmm. I, I know business owners that get the charts of all of their employees yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, so that people can be working well together and all the things. Like, totally. it, it can be it can be a really potent tool. But yeah. yeah, like, what is the best framework to have this self awareness and then be like, okay, like, where do we start? What to work on first? Oh yeah, yeah, and that's like, um, it's funny because I'm actually working on slow but surely, slowly but surely, a, a download has come in to create um, essentially a journal to do exactly just what you you said because I'm like this needs to happen because what I do with my students, mostly in my membership, also in my certification, is we walk through house by house and we study ourselves to the extreme to understand. Why do I operate the way I operate? What is this energy doing and how is it impacting my life? So like for me, with all that Leo-ness, I had to be very aware of my uh, my dramatics, my emotional manipulation, my um, my instant reactions to things. Like, like my husband describes me all the time. I have a, I have a really short fuse 
but when I burst, it's over really quick, but I have to have like a firework dramatic explosion of just like, are you kidding me? Like that, that's what came out of you. And then it's done. Like, I don't hold on to things, but I had to watch that to be like, whoa, like who's reacting here? Because it was always my Leo moon, always my Leo moon. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you need? Right? So like medication for me in my chart is actually leaning into my Aquarius and becoming the detached observer. When I'm really upset is like, my medication is take a fucking moment figure out what you're actually upset about. Don't say things you don't mean, Gemini Mars. And like, watch your tongue, Gemini Mars. And I have to come back into myself, become the observer. That's my medication. And then when I'm the observer, I go, interesting. Very interesting. And then I don't react. And then I can process. So as we study ourselves through the lens of astrology, which for anyone listening is like, it's forever. Let me just tell you yeah. that I've been doing this for so long and I'm still finding pieces of myself every day. Like this year I'm leaning into an entirely different house system. And that is radically making myself see so many things about me as a kid where I was like, Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Because you start to study the pieces of yourself, but it's so slow. So like for anyone listening, start with like, you know, your big three, start to study them, study the house, study the, the, you know, whatever the keywords go into Pinterest, whatever it is, find the keywords of those signs, like your sun, moon and rising, and then the house of them and start to like put them together. Like, what does it mean to operate as a Libra rising, right? What does it mean to have your sun in for you in Virgo in your 12th or 11th house, depending on what house uh, chart system we're looking at? Like, what does it mean to have the sun in the 12th house? What does it mean to have the sun in the 11th house and you just start to like just figure your shit out like just questioning what, what like what does that feel like for you and those will start to unravel bigger questions yeah yeah okay something that just popped into my head is like I feel like some critics would be like oh you know people who are super into astrology and all of this stuff it's like this form of like self-absorption or whatever, right? Absolutely. But to me, understanding yourself and the people in your life and using this as a tool to heal is so potent. And it's what is required at this time. Like, I feel like there is such a huge surge of interest in astrology because we're going through a period of time where we need to fucking heal ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. We're having so many things come to the surface right now, you know, the last three years with the insanity and how many eyes that that has opened throughout the world, right? Understanding all of these like corrupt systems and all of these things, the food that we're eating um, Mm -hmm. and all of the chemicals and toxins, like all of this stuff is coming to a head right now. And we need to heal dramatically. And this is on another level. And I don't know why it came to me, but I'm just going to speak to it because it seems to come up more and more lately. But I was listening to a podcast recently of this woman who does like spirit baby communication. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So some people might know what I'm talking about um, for folks that don't. This is essentially a process where you're working with an intuitive person who is able to tap into the energies of the children that you are meant to potentially birth in your lifetime um, or father or however that works. It can be connected both ways. And this woman said something really interesting where she related to the high incidences of infertility that are happening right now, not only due to physical circumstances, but also due to the fact that the children, the spirits that are coming in now, And I'm already seeing this. Like a lot of people have kids that are already very in tune or have psychic abilities. They're just, they're on a totally different level. They're being called like the crystal children. Mm -hmm. But there are these, these souls that are wanting to come in that cannot tolerate, they cannot go through the process that our generation has had to go through of unfucking themselves. Mm -hmm. Like the work that they need to do right now on the planet they need to just be here and be nourished and 
not be traumatized by their parents <laughs> the way that we have, you know, it wasn't like it was on purpose. It's just been generations yeah. and generations and generations of trauma piled on top of one another. Our generation is the one that is just full of this, all of this information realizing, oh my God, we're sick. We need help. We need all of these things. We need to unfuck ourselves with yeah. all these different layers. And we're literally not even going to be able to bring the next generation through without doing that healing work. Mm. So I find that really fascinating about how all of those things um, spiritually are connected. They are. And so it's, it's, it's important. There's so many different levels of healing, right? And really understanding yourself is really fucking important. It's really important. Seriously. Yeah, no. And like, you're saying all of this and a, I saw that article the other day. I don't know if you saw it. I, I posted in my story that was like, uh, people who study astrology are like uh, less intelligent and more yeah, narcissistic. And I, I just yeah. laughed because yeah. I agree completely. When you study yourself, you become the best version of yourself. And when you become the best version of yourself, you become less narcissistic, if anything. So literally, like you are, we are healing generations with this. We are healing our relationships with this. No one in this world with me studying themselves as deeply as you know, I am and my students are and you know, you are is in or like, are living in toxic relationships, because we're all working on our communication, we're all working on our way of love, we're all working on how to do things better, how to heal how to, uh, you know, how to love better. And if that relationship that we're in is not operating on that level, most of us are leaving them because yep. we are choosing better, right? And we're choosing better for the children coming in. So it's interesting because the astrology, like right now we have Chiron moving through Aries, which is the wounded self. It is our loss of self, our loss of sense of self. And everyone right now for the last however many years, it's been a while that this has been going on, doesn't know who they are. It's either you don't know who the hell you are right now. Or, you know, you're figuring it out right now. There's two camps. Mm -hmm. One is lost and completely delusional. The other is figuring it out. And then we have Neptune and Pisces, which is delusion. It is fog. So the world is literally in a delusion right now. So the, the you know, the many of us figuring out who we are in the fog, like power to us, but then the rest of everyone else is like, I don't know who I am and I'm in a fog. So I'm just delusional, lost. And then we also have Uranus and Taurus since 2000. 18, which is radically, you know, redoing our food system, our sustainability. Mm -hmm. The reason we're seeing everyone starting to wake up to the poison we're putting in our bodies is because of Uranus and Taurus and the nodes in Taurus and Scorpio right now. So I'm like sitting back, you know, and everyone's having these conversations and I'm like, that's why, that's why, that's why, <laughs> that's why. And these spirit babies coming in, like, I see it in the, you know, the people in my life, the, the difference between the people bringing the babies, these magic babies, like they're straight up magic babies. Really? Versus, oh, I swear, like you can just see it in their energy. You can see it in the birth process. You can see it in, like the way that the people are coming in. You know, versus have, you, have you seen like any, like done any charts or anything for so parents I look babies at, that are like really yeah. wild looking or something like or does they, it, look they don't look like it's not like a look it's just like you can just okay. like it's an energy like there's just an energy coming off of these babies like one of my best friends Sorry, i meant like the charts like do the charts oh. look like they're yeah not um i mean no they look no different and this like the babies don't look weird <laughs> like, how, like can you see magic in the astrology chart somehow 100 like, like my okay. um my best friend had her baby in the summer Mm -hmm. And I actually got to be there when we were driving across the country. And I like, while well, she was, um, what is the word? Oh my gosh. Experience of contractions and everything like mm -hmm. that. I was doing Reiki on her for like hours Aww. until she was ready. It was, it was a beautiful day. And then her, her little baby, her, then we call her name's Carly. We call Carly a magic baby all the time. Aww. She came in with so much water energy. Literally, like I pulled up the chart and I was like, oh my God, magic baby. Like it was like Pisces, Scorpio, Cancer, Pisces, Scorpio, Cancer. It was so much water energy and water houses. And I was like, oh my God, this is a magic baby. And her first, um, for her little son, I think he's four this year, three or four, four. Um, he's also, when I read his chart, you know, in 2020, I think I was like, magic baby um and then my two of my close friends just had their baby as well so i have to look at her chart but i was just like no it's a magic baby just based on them so i'm like i see the difference in okay. um, 
what is being gestated. And now my, my spirit baby has been talking to me since June and she needs to shut up. But like, <laughs> I'm not ready, but I'm also just like, okay. Um, never wanted to have babies. And now she's just been like yammering on. But and now I just have to accept that this little magic baby wants to come in because yeah, we're doing this work. We, we, yeah. we're all doing this work so that they mm-hmm. don't have to do what we're doing is literally, like you said, unfuck ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wild. Um, we're gonna have to do like I'm gonna have to have like a spirit baby person. You have to. Yeah. Cause I you think, you know, I, yeah, this conversation is coming up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. because it's something that we need to know. Literally. Right? Yeah. I know like, I have so many people in my community that are trying to conceive and they can't. Wow. And they're trying all the supplements and they're doing all the shots and pharmaceuticals and all the shit. And like, wow. what if the secret to unlocking that is like some personal development and energy healing, you know? A hundred percent. And yeah. like even layering that onto the fact that like um, listening to people like Joe Dispenza and stuff like that, like we can think it's physical as much as we want mm-hmm. to, but sometimes it's just not, it's yeah. just energetics. And that's not even like a, a powerless thing. That's a take your power back thing. Um, because I mean, do the physical stuff you're going to do, but also check in with your energy, check in with your emotions, check in with your trauma. Like, is that holding you back? Because that can take as much of a toll as physical things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think timing and destiny also yeah. come into yeah. play too with stuff that you're waiting for. Maybe they're not ready. Like maybe they don't want to come in right now. Maybe they're like, maybe give me a second. The world's a little scary. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> right? like, seriously. Um, so like there's so many factors in, I think like it's so hard because as a person who never wanted to have kids and now it's like coming up. I like think about those things, right? Where I'm like, well, what if it just can't happen? But I have to operate on a place where like, if it's meant to, it will. And like, yeah. if it's not, that's not fun either. But like timing and, and mm-hmm. taking the pressure off of things. I think that's the biggest thing with um, fertility stuff is like, whew, women, we got to take the pressure off of ourselves because mm-hmm. that's a lot a lot and like when we can lighten that like our bodies can lighten our frequencies can lighten our experience can lighten um and i think that will assist what is meant to happen Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah i've always struggled identifying with all of that because for 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 myself like I, i still don't feel like i'm going to have children i i don't know i've never even gone down that path it hasn't been anything of interest to me I have had one intuitive say something about like a seed that's yet to come, but like, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to have kids, like you really should want to. Right. And And I always said that too. And then this summer came and I was like, what is this? Okay. Oh God. And then it just, it was like a switch, like where it was like, it wasn't even my decision anymore. Oh, Okay. It's like it's not even in my hands anymore. Even yeah. one of my best friends, she's um, extremely psychic, and she read my cards recently. She was like, "It's not even your choice anymore." I'm so sorry. Oh, really? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so next time we have another interview, it might be a completely different situation. Yeah, she said I'd probably find out in the fall, so I'm just kind of chilling with that one. Where I'm just like, it's not even my choice. It's not even like I can't even. She was she was literally like, and I feel it too. Where she's like, you can't stop it. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. hey. wow. It's super interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about me anymore. Well, and I think that's part of the mothering process, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. not, Surrender. not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Wild. okay. Well, this interview took a fucking left it turn. Did. I didn't it really think we'd did. start talking about babies. <laughs> How did we get here? I don't know. I blame your cancer midheaven now. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. So, like, all of – yeah. Can you imagine I just, like, end up with, like, three kids or something in my early morning? And, like, like, yeah. And then I'm, like, mothering and having all these grand – I don't know. I I, I do not see that for myself. But No, but it could even just be, like, the act of nourishing, you know, through your legacy. It could be the act of mothering – through like just the act to be a mother doesn't even mean like 
it, it does. It means having a baby, but it, you can also mother in other ways, right? You can also do cancerian things without being a mother. You can be like that surrogate mother. You can be that nourisher, that protector, that like think about a lioness for a second, like that mothering protective energy of um it's also like creating lineage, right? Protecting and creating lineage. So you could be creating something or gestating something that is um, meant to stand the test of time. So there's so many ways we can take that cancer energy and spin it out of just, you know, having a actual physical child. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do see that. I notice more opportunities kind of coming through where I feel yeah, I feel kind of like that where that nurturing energy can come through and shine. Something for me to work on. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any? Okay. I, I want to learn more about this. So you just talked about what is it? The IC? Yeah, the Imam Coeli or IC. It won't show up on any chart readers unless you have something like Astro Gold. Um, but what you'll see if anyone wants to look into this is you're going to see in your chart reader your midheaven. All mm-hmm. you need to know is it is exactly opposite your midheaven. Okay, so the exact degree of your midheaven, so yours is 16 degrees Cancer, you would know exactly opposite 16 degrees Cancer is 16 degrees Cap- Capricorn. So okay. anyone who wants to know this placement, look for your midheaven, whatever it is, it's the exact opposite in the exact degree. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or, okay. So you know how you recommended that really cool book for the North mm-hmm. Node stuff. Are there any cool books about this? No, I'm just going to have to write one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, you are for sure. Like, have to write I, one. I want like a little thing because I don't have time to go in and do a full course. Like I would love, love, love to do one of your courses, but with all the shit we have going on right now, I'm just like, can't do it. I'm like half-ass doing like herbalism courses and all this stuff. And you know, I'm just, yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot. lot. And my course is a yeah. lot. Like I want to, it's huge. It like in another fucking timeline, I'm literally doing that course right now. Cause I'm also obsessed with all of this stuff and want to know so much about it. But at this point I just have to rely on other people's advice. Totally. I will have the time to do that. <laughs> totally. totally. There are some pretty decent, um, Google, like if you Google, yeah. I see in Capricorn or whoever, you know, if you're listening, I, Google the opposite of your mid heaven. So for me, that's, I see, or Imam Koeli, I am U-M-C-O-E-L-I. Imam Koeli had to spell that out while I wrote it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you Google that. There are some decent resources. Uh, Pinterest is also like another. You can find some decent starting points. Really? Yeah, I live on Pinterest. My Pinterest is like so much fun, guys. I'm on Pinterest. Um, but I love Pinterest too. Like I fucking love just Pinterest. Get into Pinterest and, Google, and, and then put in the Pinterest bar like, Capricorn, IC, or Imam Kuala. If it doesn't come up on Pinterest, go to Google. I know there's a few decent Google articles in there. Um, And just kind of like explore the rabbit hole of it, knowing that it's like your root system, it's your conscious, it's your ancestry, it's your like generational traumas in there, your generational karmas in there. Uh, It's a whole bag of information that you can kind of draw from to understand like if you were a root or sorry if you were a tree what would your roots be that's your IC what's holding the tree up okay yeah so it's also your home and like what makes you comfortable and like how you feel how you feel comfortable what you adorn your home with what makes you feel safe that's also your IC too so like what keeps the roots in the ground (laughs) Mm mm-hmm Interesting. Okay. I'm so excited to dig into this. It's one of my favorite <laughs> points in my entire chart. And like it, it, it honestly, it, I feel like it changes a lot of people's understanding of safety and of um, grounding because it's like, that's like a really deep, deep place where you're like, okay, these are my roots. It'll also show you like, okay, where do I operate in my lows? Because your lows are there. It's subconscious, similar to your moon, right? Where you're just like, there are some lows. There's mm-hmm. me getting stuck. There's some low ass energy. Uh, let's dig myself out of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. These are ugh, awesome tips. I love it. 
So first episode, North Node, so much stuff to uncover. So much. Now we're looking at this icy Midhaven thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do another one where we focus on something else. But Absolutely. in the meantime, okay, how do people follow you? Take your courses, do all the things. Mm, okay, so uh, right now, okay, it was to follow me, Vika Bradford, on all platforms. Actually, no, I just changed it. I'm lying to you all. Vika Bradford Astrology on uh-huh. all the platforms. I put that astrology in there because it just makes everything. People are like, what do you do? I'm like, it's right there. But yeah. um, so Vika Bradford Astrology, uh, Pinterest, TikTok, YouTube. What's the other one? Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> My website is vegabradford.com. Uh, and yeah, you guys could join me in my certification. Level one starts on the spring equinox. Level two will be coming out in the fall. You could join me in, you know, a course or two. I'm always running, you know, little things like this, like learning about the IC or learning about the midheaven, uh, as well as my membership's probably the easiest way to start working with me. Right now we're studying the chart slice by slice in, in the chart. So we're like doing, we just did the first house, which you'll get all the replays for. This month, we're going to the second house, the third house. So we're studying ourselves based on why do I operate this way? So you can work with me like that or just get in for a chart reading. That's probably one of the other easiest ways to see how it is to work with me. Amazing. And I highly, highly recommend folks. (laughs) Highly recommend. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on to get again today. And yeah, I think there's so much wisdom that people can get from this episode and I'm really excited for folks to connect with you and learn more about your work because you're fucking amazing love it I love you thank you (laughs) all right everybody if you love this episode and you got some value out of it make sure you screenshot and share on the socials and let us know what you think and we will catch you on the next episode Thanks so much for sharing your time and energy with us today. We'd love to hear your feedback on how our podcast has impacted your life and are also open to suggestions for new and interesting topics. Please leave your comments with a quick review to help us grow this magical community of wellness warriors and light workers. Every month, we select one lucky reviewer to win our big magic box containing all three of our beautiful magic lattes. To connect with us further, check us out on Instagram at wild underscore remedies. Thank you again and see you at the next episode.